Psalm 130. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. The writer of Psalm 130 was clearly in the depths. Not a mild problem, not a temporary headache, but deep trouble, deep sorrow, deep heartache. In fact, the Hebrew word used in that psalm for depths is used elsewhere in the Old Testament to describe the depths of the ocean. Trouble that deep. Of course, at times, we may find ourselves in the depths too. And our terminology may be different. We may say things like, I'm in such a rut. I feel so down, so low. My grandmother's favorite was down in the dumps. But whatever the terminology, the meaning is the same. The question is, if we find ourselves down in the depths, do we know the way up? Do we know the way out? Psalm 130 provides answers. First, when in the depths, give your problems and worries to the Lord. Do that. This is precisely what the psalmist did. Notice, out of the depths, I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. The Hebrew word in that verse for cried actually has the sense of to cry out loudly, to cry out even wordlessly. In other words, sobs, sighs, moans, groans. Have you ever prayed that way? Have you ever been so distraught you could not articulate the words? And yet, even our sobs and sighs and moans and groans are prayers that are heard and received and acted upon by the Almighty. So according to Psalm 130, crying out to the Lord, giving the Lord our problems is an important step in leaving the depths behind. And everyone is thinking, I know that. Of course we know that, at least in the beginning, at least for a while. We're all willing to give our problems and burdens to the Lord. Hear, Lord, hear the voice of my supplication. I have this problem. I have this worry. My relationship is in trouble. I've lost my job. I'm sick. I can't pay the bills. Here they are. We give the burdens to the Lord. My question is, how long do we leave them there? Instead, we all check our watches or our cell phones, and we cross our arms, and we tap our feet, And when the Lord has not answered our prayers according to our specifications and according to our timetable, what do we do next? We take the burdens back. Imagine that. 
those burdens that we could never carry from the start. And yet, when we wonder why we're so far down in the depths, when we wonder why we keep sliding down, isn't that one of the reasons? No matter how deep the pit, no matter how heavy the weight of our burdens, if we give those burdens and worries to the Lord, He lifts us up and out of the pit. He gives us the peace of God that can only come from God. That's not wishful thinking. That's not theological talk. That's not a pep talk reserved for halftime in the locker rooms. That's the truth of Scripture. Paul wrote to the Philippians, Do not be anxious about anything. Did he really say that? Yeah. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. If we do that, what happens? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Second, when down in the depths, trust in God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. Sometimes we sink into the depths because of a spiritual crisis because one day suddenly we become aware of the heavy, awful weight of our sins. And despite knowing better, we wonder why God, even our merciful God, would forgive us all of our sins. Did you notice what the psalmist wrote? He said, if you, Lord, should mark our iniquities, if you should keep a record of our sins, he said, oh, Lord, who could stand? Can you imagine that? I don't want to, but can you imagine that? If the Lord would keep a record of our sins, every thought, every word, every deed, for one day, just one hour, if he were to do that, then the answer to the psalmist's question, O Lord, who could stand, would obviously be no one. But he doesn't. There is forgiveness with you, said the psalmist. The same way that Paul rejoiced in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is no condemnation, none, to those who are in Christ Jesus. Or in the beautiful words of this psalm, there's forgiveness with you. There is mercy with you. There is abundant, plenteous redemption with you. In fact, it's precisely because of God's full and free forgiveness in our Lord Jesus Christ that you and I can be absolutely certain that he will answer our prayers, that he will lift us up and out of the depths, because that's a promise of Scripture too. Paul wrote, He who did not spare his own son. We always use that passage. Do we get the emphasis right? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered delivered him up for us all, How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And finally, when we're in the depths, just wait. Wait patiently for the Lord to act, because he most certainly will. The psalmist wrote, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in his word, I do hope, my soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, those who watch for the morning. Even in the best of times, 
Uh, waiting for the Lord to act and answer can be very difficult. But when we are in deep trouble, like the writer of Psalm 130, waiting can seem all but impossible. And yet he was determined to wait. My soul waits, he said. Why was he willing to wait? Because he knew with absolute certainty that the Lord would answer, that the Lord would lift him up and out of the depths. He knew that with as much certainty as those who, when they see the first gray sliver of dawn, know that a new day is about to follow. And where does that willingness to wait come from? Where does the strength? We don't have to guess. He tells us the ability to wait for the Lord to act, even in trouble, I put my hope in his word. To have that confidence, to have that confidence that God is going to act in our lives is also to have a great sense of patience. I often think of it this way. The picture of that little boy who was in a mall staring at an escalator. And he was there staring for so long that the security guard became concerned and walked over and said, son, are you okay? You've been standing here a long time. And the boy looked at the guard and said, yes, sir. I'm just waiting for my gum to come around again on the escalator. That's patience, is it not? Scripture doesn't talk about chewing gum, but it sure talks a lot about patience and where to find it. And the answer is in God's word. There's another psalm in which David wrote this. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock. Let that knowledge, what God will do for you, lift you up and lift you out when you are down in the depths. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 370, stanzas 1 and 2. 370, stanzas 1 and 2.